Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hey friends, welcome to Eating to Heal Psoriasis. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about psoriasis and some root causes, although we're not going to dive too deep into that today. But we will, um, I'll give you a little history lesson on our little pathophysiology lesson, if you will, on where psoriasis comes from. And we're going to start talking about some things you can get started with right away. Psoriasis is something I work with often in my practice. It's something that uh, my daughter was officially diagnosed with way long time ago. Um, so it's something that I am intimately familiar with and all the ins and outs that go with it. We're going to dive into all that today. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, I'm Audrey Christie. I'm a functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner. I help you heal. I help you heal from the inside out and the roots up from the, uh, we, we find the root cause and we work to rebalance the body so that you no longer have a label like psoriasis following you around. So let's dig in. Psoriasis is one of those autoimmune disease, chronic conditions that one is often misdiagnosed and two is often visible on the outside of your human suit. And if you're unfamiliar with the disease process, it's a type of autoimmune disease that causes skin cells called uh, keratinocytes to overproduce new skin cells, right? That's why you get that stack of plaque, if you will, the flakes, And so when this happens, you get those rough, scaly, dry patches on the skin, and they can pop up almost anywhere on the body, and they can become easily inflamed and even infected and oozing and gross, right? The process itself is an inflammatory process, like most autoimmune conditions, where the immune system secretes proteins that confuse the keratinocytes into overproducing skin cells. What most people don't understand is that psoriasis is more than just a rash. It's not a disease of the skin. Um, And it's not only, well, I should say, it's not only a symptom of the skin. It's not a disease of the skin at all, but the skin is a symptom. But it also involves fatigue and low energy and joint pain and achiness and really generalized pain and sometimes itchiness over the whole body. Another thing that many don't recognize is that a lot of times psoriasis either starts as or is misdiagnosed as seborrheic dermatitis, eczema. Um, a lot of times you'll they'll call it urticaria of unknown etiology, which just means they don't know what the heck it is. Uh, urticaria means red rash. Unknown etiology means they don't know why. Um, and Often a conventional pediatrician, a lot of times this stuff pops up as kiddos or a conventional medical medical doctor will not apply the label of psoriasis after many, many, many visits and many, many, many complaints. It's said the average time to reach a diagnosis is about five years. Uh, Personally, we experience that to be true with psoriasis. Now for us, the reason why we sought a diagnosis was because, as you know, there are multiple ways to deal with the problem. There are conventional medical routes where you cover your symptoms, where you put a Band-Aid over it, where you mask the symptoms with medication. Then there are naturopath, traditional naturopath ways of healing the body, which often take longer. They take more work. They take lifestyle changes. And so we wanted to give our child the choice 
um, just because she lives with her crunchy as hell mom and dad now, uh, and her mom is a naturopath, does not mean that when she grows up, she won't choose a different path. And so the way our medical system works, um, having previously been in conventional medicine, it was important to us to get her a diagnosis so that if she ever decided that she didn't want that she wanted to have a different lifestyle, that she didn't want to eat whole fruits and fresh veggies, that she wanted to be able to uh, eat McDonald's. Gosh, I hope for her that she never chooses to want to eat McDonald's. <laughs> it hurts me to say it almost. But you understand what, I, what I'm getting at here. Like, if if these are the things that she wants to do in her life, then she can have that option and be able to, to seek the kind of medical attention um, that she might otherwise need without having to go through another five years of getting a diagnosis, right? Like we didn't, we wanted the, her to have that option as she grows older. Um, and, and so, like I said, personally, we did find that it took about five years um, of reach to reach a diagnosis for her. Now, the interesting part of the whole thing about diagnoses is that they're just labels, right? A psoriasis, the diagnosis of psoriasis is simply a label for skin, uh, skin issues, and even, um, the energy and pain related issues. They are simply symptoms of root causes or problems. So psoriasis, like I said, is not a disease of the skin. The skin is a symptom of the underlying root cause. Um, So having a diagnosis, like I mentioned, is not necessarily important unless you're seeking out conventional medical treatment. Now, I do encourage you to do your research on any conventional medical treatment that's offered um, to you because it is treating the symptom rather than healing the body. And oftentimes when it's something like psoriasis or an autoimmune disease, that means they are um, muting or reducing the immune system in some way. So often you will end up with a lot of other ancillary troubles that pop up either directly or indirectly related to that conventional medical treatment. Whereas when you take the natural healing path, you, it takes a little bit longer. Yes, but the results are permanent and there aren't negative side effects, only benefits. So it's just kind of a, a way to look at that. So Today, we're going to talk about some of the things you can do to get started right away to start your own root cause revolution and ultimately be free of psoriasis. Um, I often work with clients in both my membership program, the Root Cause Revolution membership, as well as one-on-one to find long-lasting relief and remission from psoriasis and lots of other autoimmune disease orders, uh, disorders and acute stuff as well. Now, one part of that is what I like to call clearing the muddy waters. And that's where we're reducing inflammation. We are getting the drainage pathways open. Um, and it starts right in your digestive system, what you might call a healing psoriasis diet, although I don't like the D word at all. Um, so if you do a quick Google search, which is what most people do, you go to the doctor a whole bunch of times, you get frustrated, and you turn to Google. And so you search psoriasis diet or foods to heal psoriasis or any of those things, and you will find an outrageous number of foods to avoid. It's, it's no wonder that people look at this list and they assume that they can eat literally nothing but romaine lettuce. And I have people that come to me and they say, Audrey, I don't even know what I can eat anymore, right? And that's not actually the case. The truth of the matter is, is there are some big rights, the big things that you can eat all the time. And there are some big things to get rid of or eliminate for quick results. 
But beyond two or three categories of food, um, generally it has to be a really unique approach for that for each individual person. So you're not going to find that an autoimmune diet or an AIP protocol or getting rid of all the lectins in your diet or any of those things are going to do anything more than provide a short term relief sometimes. And they don't even always do that. Um, you could also, you really have to to find what foods you are specifically intolerant and sensitive to when it comes to foods. And foods isn't the only thing. That's just step one. Because Food uh, sensitivity can be one of the root causes, but if you listen to the food sensitivity uh, episode, then you know that there are root causes for food sensitivities, right? So you just have to keep diving back. That's episode 181 if you want to go back and listen to that one on food sensitivities. Um, So you know that th- there's many, many layers to this. There's many roots to this tree. So another thing to consider um, is that Oftentimes, not always, because everybody's a little bit different, oftentimes we see that um, a bacterial infection is a a driver for psoriasis, right? Uh, A bacteria infection combined with a leaky gut. When you combine that with a food sensitivity and not knowing that you have a food sensitivity, you have a recipe for psoriasis plaques all over your body. So, A lot of times you can follow the pathway that someone has had in order to land in a diagnosis of psoriasis. And so it might look something like having recurrent ear infections or recurrent uh, strep throat or recurrent infections that required antibiotics. And I hate to do this, but I'm going to slide off on a tangent real quick. But if you have a little one and they are offered antibiotics for ear infections pump the brakes, okay? Most, most ear infections are not bacterial, okay? So you're taking the antibiotic, you're wrecking that kid's gut, and you're going to get rid of the ear infection in the same amount of time that you would have anyways, okay? So go for comfort, not for uh, bacterial stuff, unless you're certain that it is a bacterial infection. Um, And you can actually go back to episode, we just did it last week, I think, Uh, episode 183. Yeah, it was last week's episode about cold and flu. And I talk about bacterial versus viral infections and kind of what to look for. So that would be something to check out if for ear infections, but back to psoriasis. Okay. Um, So it's not that you should avoid antibiotics, but you should avoid infections by making sure your immune system is on point. And then if you do have to take antibiotics for something, which everybody does at some point or another, um, then you need to be able to get your body back on track. So part of healing from psoriasis is the the eating to heal psoriasis, which we're about to dive into the food here, but it's also um, healing the gut so that you can absorb and digest the nutrients that you're taking in and so that it doesn't cause an immune reaction. So food, where does food come into play? Well, it comes into play in food sensitivities, which has a root cause in leaky gut and some other things. So we want to make sure that we're not exacerbating, we're not making leaky gut worse with the food that we're putting in our mouths every single day. Um, And so we're going to tackle this from two angles. We're going to, we're going to look at some of the big categories of food that you might 
test avoiding if you have psoriasis. And then the second angle we're going to take, more importantly, are the foods that you can increase. And if you're increasing these foods, you don't have room for that other junk anyways. So even if I'm helping someone with something as simple as weight loss, which isn't always that simple, I guess, or a chronic illness, um, increasing foods that promote health versus worrying so much about foods you shouldn't eat is always a better plan. Because if you increase the good, you can crowd out the bad. There was an older gentleman that used to uh, mow the lawn next door to us. And his philosophy on getting the weeds out of the yard was never to kill them with pesticides or pull them out. It was to crowd out the weeds with the good Bermuda grass, right? And so that it kind of, I always think of him uh, when I say that, because what we're doing here with the food for psoriasis is crowding out the bad with the good. There are some bad that you need to avoid altogether. The first thing is gluten. And gluten is a group of proteins that is found in grains, makes up about 70 to 85% of the protein content in wheat, but it's also found in a lot of other wheat-related species and hybrids and barley and rye and oats, as well as products that are derived from these things. Now, these days, with the way food is manufactured, you can bet many things, um, many, many things that shouldn't have gluten in them do unless they're specifically labeled as gluten free. And so this can include weird stuff that should never have gluten in it, like shampoos and conditioners and topical products, but food as well, because gluten is a cheap way to thicken products that are shelf or fridge stable. So sometimes people will say, well, I did a gluten allergy test or celiac test and I don't have celiacs. I'm not allergic to gluten. But that doesn't mean that you're not intolerant of gluten or sensitive to gluten. And even if gluten isn't the thing, there are other proteins in wheat and their wheat is one of the most heavily sprayed crops with pesticides. And so you could be reacting to any number of those that is typically used on wheat. So in my practice, when I work with people one-on-one, if you're a member of the Root Cause Revolution membership, Getting rid of gluten is one of the handful of non-negotiables. I think I can count on one hand the number of patients that I said, you know what, if you're making good choices and uh, you're eating non-GMO, organic, like sprouted wheat, then you can still have gluten in those rare instances. A handful, maybe, probably not more than three over the last decade. Um, it's it's a non-negotiable because we've seen over and over and over again that gluten has a propensity for tearing the gut wall and allowing leaky gut to occur, and then allowing bacterial yeast, candida overgrowth, whatever it may be, to really take hold. And if we're going to figure out what's going on, what your root causes are for psoriasis, then we have to clear the muddy water. We have to clear that generalized inflammation. We have to get rid of gluten. Now, the second thing that is a non-negotiable to get rid of is dairy. The other two things we're going to talk about are not always non-negotiables, but the second one is dairy. The very first adverse reaction to cow's milk was actually noted about 2,000 years ago. Um, Hippocrates was the first one to describe an adverse reaction to cow's milk as skin and gastrointestinal symptoms after consumption. Unfortunately, through clever lobbying, uh, cow's milk is one of the first foods introduced into a baby's diet nowadays. And accordingly, it's one of the most and first 
but most common causes of food allergies and sensitivities in kids. Um, when overlooked, it can spiral into autoimmune conditions. Well, one, it can spiral into type 1 diabetes, but two, it can spiral into other autoimmune conditions throughout adolescence and early adulthood. Um, cow's milk and products that are made from cow's milk. So I love it when people are like, I don't do dairy at all, but yogurt and cheese. <laughs> cheese is just concentrated cow's milk, friend. But cow's milk and associated products are so well marketed that dairy is often overlooked and it is it the twin to gluten as far as inflammation. Um, I find that the majority of people don't tolerate dairy well and they may not even know it and, or they may know it and they may be in denial about it. Um, if you have a problem with mucus, even if it's seasonal, so you get runny noses in the fall or the spring, your eyes water, you get that kind of post-nasal drip down the back of your throat. Uh, if you always have a cold, if all winter long, you're kind of snotty. Uh, if you have skin issues, psoriasis, eczema, dermatitis, acne, Dairy is going to be the culprit for about 85 to 90% of you. Um, and many times people don't even realize it until they fully eliminate it from their diet. So gluten and dairy have to go when we're talking about psoriasis. Now, I could make a case for refined sugar, um, but really it depends on if what your root cause is. Refined sugar is never a good idea. If you could just get rid of the prepackaged foods, and you can have maple syrup and honey and that kind of stuff. Um but a lot of, because a lot of times people hear refined sugar, you really need to put the brakes on and they think, well, I can't have dessert. This is terrible. What will I eat? But we're refined sugar free and we have cake and ice cream and cookies. We just use better tasting and less inflammatory ingredients to make them. Uh, we're also dairy free and egg free in our uh, baking. Uh, we do occasionally have eggs that are uh, laid here on our farm, but that's neither here nor there. The point is you can still have dessert. <laughs> um, but it's become popular off and on over the years to count sugars and avoid different amounts of different foods. I'm not asking you to count carbs. In fact, I want you to eat all the carbs. I want you to eat fruits and veggies because these are complex carbs. What I want you to avoid is the white sparkly powder. Um, and then, of course, the the types used for packaged foods, right? Because they digest quickly. They cause blood glucose spikes and crashes. Um, simple sugars lead to inflammation, period. Inflammation leads to psoriasis, especially if you already have it. Um, it's it's common if you haven't gone gluten-free and dairy-free to have questions about it. I do have a guide available. Just reach out to me either uh, via DM uh, on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email me and I'd be happy to send it to you, no charge. Um, and then I also have a very specific plan for kids because you can't just take it away from kids. You can use the same plan for adults too. It's actually a much easier transition. So just know that um, it, it can help making the make the commitment easier. And know that you can't, if you have a family of four, one person can't be dairy-free and gluten-free. Like the whole family needs to do it um, and support each other as a unit there. And then let's talk about foods to add for your eating to heal psoriasis. My favorite thing to do is to tell you what you can have instead of what you can't have. And sometimes I forget to do this part because we have been gluten-free and dairy-free for so long that we I don't think about like for somebody who it's hard for me to remember <laughs> all those years ago. It's hard for me to remember back when we ate gluten and dairy or when we were coming off of gluten and dairy that it was challenging to navigate. It took me a couple Thanksgivings to figure out how to cook pumpkin pie without it being disgusting, right? But 
I want to make sure that you have that information that I didn't have. So let's talk about some things that you can eat. Um, and you want to make sure that any of these foods that I list are as organic as possible. And if you can't find them organic, do ensure that they're not on the um, Environmental Working Group's Dirty Dozen list. You can find that at ewg.org. They put a new one out every year about the highest uh, pesticide stuff. Um, so let's look. Good things to chow down on. Papayas, all the papayas in the world, wild blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, celery. Um, and that brings up a good point. Everyone always asks me, Audrey, should I be having celery juice every morning? Absolutely not. I mean, you could, but it'd be better just to eat a bunch of celery. Um, I'm not against drinking it per se. Make sure it's organic. It's not going to be your only strategy to healing your psoriasis, though. Unfortunately, I wish it was, but it's not. Um, cruciferous veggies, so things like broccoli and cauliflower, uh, cucumbers, leafy greens, sprouts and microgreens are oh so healing, and they're often pretty neutral flavored, so it's great to sneak into things. Uh, sweet potatoes, cilantro, garlic, ginger, and turmeric, and all the mushrooms. With mushrooms, you do want to make sure they're organic and that they are grown on a good substrate. For years, I thought I was allergic to mushrooms, like for most of my life. And come to find out, I'm just allergic to garbage mushrooms. So a lot of times mushrooms are grown on um, plywood or they're grown on a gluten base. And so I would eat a mushroom and I would have a reaction. And now as an adult, and this happened all the way into my 20s, I think. Uh, now as an adult, I eat mushrooms. I eat lots of mushrooms. I drink mushroom coffee every morning with reishi spores in it. Um, I put mushroom powder in my smoothie sometimes, like, and all I had to do was make sure that they were good, good mushrooms, just like anything else, right? Just like anything else. Now, these aren't the only foods to eat, but adding these foods into your diet as much as possible, making this the majority of your plate will give your body what it needs to heal from psoriasis. So to wrap this up, if you or someone you love is suffering from psoriasis, there is hope to start your own revolution to not have psoriasis anymore. There is hope for relief and long-term or permanent uh, remission. So as always, if you need more help, you can reach out to me. I'm always available for a uh, mini case review for chronic issues or an acute care consultation for things that have only been around for a month or less. And good Lord, if you are just started having issues with eczema or psoriasis or any skin issue and it has happened, it's been a month or less, this is the time. Any issue, don't let it wait. Seek help now. Um, and so you can schedule either one of those. They'll be on the show notes page at audreychristie.com forward slash 184. If you take nothing else from this, I want you to know something because it's common for doctors to tell people with psoriasis that you have to live with it and manage the symptoms forever. That is utter and complete BS. Total BS. Total BS. Time for you to find another doctor type of BS, okay? You can heal from this and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. You don't have to struggle with this for the rest of your life, okay? That's all. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. As always, I'm so thankful for you listening. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it on social media and tag me in it so I can know that this stuff is resonating with you. Ratings and reviews always appreciated. And friend, know this, I am always rooting for you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. 
ratings and reviews are always appreciated.